You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Mosier, your host today, coming at you from the Fargo Studios between the railroad track and the cathedral in downtown Fargo. I would like to thank Chris Haycraft and Angela Wombach for being on last half hour. We're talking with our Walking with Moms in Need initiative. It's wonderful. Well, now we'd like to welcome Father Shannon Bouquet of Human Life International to the show. Welcome, Father. Tim, great to be with you and the Real Presence audience once again. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Well, since we last spoke, Father, on the radio, something kind of big has happened. We had this decision called the Dobbs decision, reversing Roe and Casey, and uh, just just curious about your initial thoughts, and I know that you've written three very good articles kind of focused on this. We'll we'll certainly touch on those in a little bit, but what was your initial reaction and and thoughts when that that decision came across? Oh, thank you, Tim. I think like so many, uh, we, when we had the leaked draft uh, from uh, Justice Alito, we, you know, obviously we're feeling quite excited, you know, about what the potential could be. And, I, you know, and, and then obviously when the decision um, was uh, publicized and the majority opinion uh, articulated with Alito's, again, writing the, the majority for the majority, I mean, it was a time of great excitement, you know, because I kept thinking of all of the pioneers uh, of the pro-life movement you know, who began this journey back in 1972 and moving forward in time and seeing so many active participants in the pro-life movement taking charge of this this great cause from different angles, different perspectives, and, you know, and especially those working within the states and the legislators and advancing various challenges to Casey and to Rowan. So it, was, it, it really, you know, was a very exciting moment. You know, to know that all that hard work, all that, uh, that sacrifice and tears and, and, uh, and all the, the, the difficulties along that path, you know, brought that moment to bear. And I, I, so I received it with great welcome, with great joy, and at the same time realized that, you know, that uh, the work continues. I mean, obviously we know, as I know we'll talk a little bit about, that the, the overturning of Rowan Casey did not, quote, make abortion illegal across the United States. It now has thrown that issue back to the states. So which means, at the same time, that there was a great sense of joy and wonder that this horrible law, this egregious law that had caused the death of over 63 million children across the United States uh, since its inception and imposed by the, by the Supreme Court, you know, now, because of the overturning, every day in the United States, as uh, in those pro-life states, where their legislation and their governors have signed into law, you know, uh, the protection of human life, hundreds, thousands of little boys and girls are being saved every day, and their mothers are being saved from the horror of a memory of the killing of their child, and, and our society is better for it. But it just also means that our work, Tim, you know, and uh, must continue. So it's, so it's kind of a mixed bag. Great excitement, great joy, great, great gratitude uh, to the Almighty God and to all those who helped bring us to this moment. And at the same time, you know, kind of on the day of the Lord's Ascension, all right, there's work to be done. Let's get out there. Let's get, continue our movement, movement forward. So true. Talking with Father Shannon, okay, yeah, a couple of things that, that struck me, I think it was from your first article, it, and I, I felt the same thing. You talked about, you know, how people for decades, right, and working, working, 
all of us were tempted probably at some time to lose hope. I remember, you know, thinking a couple of years ago, wow, you know, it, it, it's, it's been law for so long. And even though, you know, you and I know, hey, it, it, you know, so what if it, it, it's been for so long, right? I mean, Brown versus Board of Education, right. you know, 58 years after Plessy, you know, I mean, if it's a bad exactly. ruling, it, it needs to be changed. But that idea of hope and, you know, the, the tide of history, I think you mentioned one of them here, cause, because the abortion, pro-abortion were saying, see, this is the tide of history. Everyone's going to be pro-abortion. And you and I are thinking, Lord, that, that, that's not in a way. And I love how you kind of put it in there that, no, this gives us hope. It shows that it's not the tide of history. Life is winning. Exactly. And I think, the, you know, what we're talking about is the, you know, the language of inevitability. The, the whole pro-abortion industry, the whole, all those advocating for it, you know, trying to convince us that, you know, it's inevitable. It, this, is, this is the law. This is the way it's going to be. Everyone's going to embrace it. And, you know, and let's be very honest. The pro-abortion lobby, uh, abortion lobby, uh, sadly through the support of the, of the federal government of the United States, you know, for decades has imposed this uh, upon not only the United States but upon other nations. You know, through its UN policies, USAID, uh, United Nations Population Fund. I mean, a litany of ways in which this um, uh, immoral uh, position on human life has been promulgated around the world. So. I mean, this is what, you know, when we see it, and, and as you said, Tim, you know, to, for many it seemed, okay, can we ever overturn it? Can we even, you know, even under President Trump when we saw a, a movement of much pro-life um, uh, legislation and policy and, uh, and an approach to, uh, to this conversation different than we had seen before, and we have uh, advancing things that we had never thought possible, and yet we still met wall after wall of difficulty, especially on the international uh, front. And, and, and so there was this kind of a feeling, could we ever uh, un, untie, you know, abortion from all these policies in the way that it uh, has infiltrated so many state policies around the world? And the, the answer is, yes, it can. It just, it's going to be, it, you have to be determined. So what Dobbs did is it slapped their word of inevitability in the face and said it is not inevitable, that bad law can be overturned, that bad policies can be changed, and the mindset and approach of a nation can change. And we know that, that this, is, this is going to be our work, Tim, is changing hearts and minds. Yes, we, have, we want the laws. Yes, we want to work tirelessly to promote pro-life legislation and have them, you know, in our, in our states. But we also know that until we get hearts and minds to change, it's going to be hard to move that pendulum in the states where abortion is legalized and where abortion mindset is is really foundational to their to their way of uh, yeah. so it's I think it's a challenge a big big challenge before us but what I want to end with you know is just to say that you know this inevitability got stripped down the band-aid got ripped off and and there, and, and if, when you read the comments of those on the on the pro-abortion side you realize how concerned they are so this is something very real. They realize what this decision has done. So true. We're talking with Father Shannon Bouquet about uh, Dobbs and, and, and moving forward. And another thing I think was in your first post as well, I, I loved how uh, you, you mentioned it coincided with, with uh, the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And of course, when you think this whole inevitability thing, I mean, to think think of time after time in the Bible, right? Whether it's, you know, the Israelites crossing the Red Sea, you know, they're the backs of the wall, right? Here comes Pharaoh and his army. We're doomed, you know, that there's no hope, right? You know, you know, Elijah all by himself or whatever it is, right? Think story after story. And yet, God always miraculously comes through and saves Absolutely. the day. And, and, and this, I Absolutely. think, is just that breath of fresh air on the Feast of the Sacred Heart. 
Exactly. And and I think it's also fitting, you know, that you know it's kind of like the psalmist, you know, how long, O Lord? Mm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and we feel this at times, you know. We, we fight the good fight, we're running the good race, we're, 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 we're advancing, uh, and then sometimes you feel for every one step you make forward, you kick three steps backwards, and how long, O oh Lord? But this, this moment really does, it, it, it invigorates the heart, and, and it reminds us that, you know, we have made a difference. And let's be honest, you know, many people have done yeoman's work over these years, and have, you know, in many of the states have really prepared for these moments, and we've whittled away. You know, look at the heartbeat law in Texas, you know, and what that law has done to save lives uh, and families in Texas. And, you know, and every day because of that law, you know, you know prior to the overturning of Roe and Casey, that law by itself was protecting human life, and that's because people worked for that. They, they sacrificed and they labored hard to get there, and that in itself is a sign of hope. You know, and I think it's important for us to remember that, you know, the words of Mother Teresa, you know, that always gives me invigoration and and my thought and movement is that, you know, I work to be successful, we, we strive to be successful, we do all that we can to be successful, but we let God worry about it being successful. I just got to put my effort in. I got to do everything I possibly can and let God in the fullness of time bring to bear what he wishes to bring to bear. And and this is what happened. And and let's be honest, look look at what it's done. It's brought to the surface everything. Everything is now on the surface. There's nothing hidden. You know, the the, the whole pro pro abortion industry is is visible you know, the whole, the verbiage is out there. I mean, listen to March for Life for Women. They interviewed women, and this one woman yelling out, we uh, love killing babies. We love killing babies. That's a quote. I mean, think about that. This is, this is what's going on out there. And this is all being brought, all of it coming to the surface. And so this now, you know, nothing hidden. All things have been brought into the light. And, and this is going to be a moment for us, and we can talk about this more, Tim, is, you know, what does it mean going forward? What's the, you know, what does it look like going forward? And, and I really think that the United States is at a crossroad in this moment, you know, because this is an opportunity for us to right a great wrong, not, you know, in, across the entire country. And it's going to be a challenge to all of us, you know, those uh, uh, who have been working this great cause for these many decades, you know, and all those who will join us now going forward, is that we want every state, every state, to protect human life from the moment of conception to its natural death. We want to see an end to the violence against our elderly and our sick through the practice of euthanasia. We want to see life protected and defended, loved, and served, to quote John Paul II in Evangelium Vitae. And I think that is the challenge before us, and I take up that baton. And I think many people like you, Tim, in our audience today are picking up that baton. We're going forward with it, and we're going to fight the good fight. And we're going to hopefully, you know, see within our own lifetime this country make a radical change. And, and, and I think we're at that kind of a moment. Father Shannon Bouquet, Human Life International. So true, Father. And a couple things you said earlier, and I'm just, I'm just going to kind of summarize here before our break. You, know, you talked about changing hearts and minds, and that's love. If you look at the two sides, if you will, the pro life side, by and large, is one of love, it's one of peace, it's one of joy, it's one of concern for all human life, because if any human life is in danger, as Martin Luther King said, an injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So like you said, end-of-life issues, you know, who else is, is going to be next, who's going to be unworthy of life? And if you look at the other side, the pro-abortion side, you know, Jane's revenge, it, it, it's anger, it's, it's, it's vitriol. So the whole idea is, just by loving, talking about changing hearts and minds, 
just by loving people, speaking with them kindly but truthfully, people will see that we're people of life, a people of love, and a people of joy. And as Father said, when we come back, we'll talk about what do we do moving forward. We're talking with Father Shannon Bouquet, and we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. If you have ever been through the hell of deep darkness and suffering, like the suicide of a loved one, do you know that your experience may be helpful to someone else? I'm Father Chris Alar. Mercy is defined as a particular mode of love that when love encounters suffering, it does something about it. And when you exercise the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, you are truly loving your neighbor. Jesus said, when a soul approaches me with trust, I fill it with an abundance of graces that it cannot contain it within itself, but radiates them to other souls. Let us show you how to be that radiator and find healing for yourself in the process. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss not just suicide. I promise it will help. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser, coming at you from the Fargo Studios. We have Mark, a fine-looking young gentleman, producing right in the window. I can see him there. He's pushing the buttons, doing the sliders. Thanks so much, Mark, for producing. I appreciate it. Well, we're talking with Father Shannon Bouquet of Human Life International today. He's written um, three very great articles, his last three weekly blog posts, kind of relating to Dobbs and, and Rowan, how we move forward and what we do. And I love your most recent one, Father. You start out with a quote from Evangelion Vitae 21. I'm going to let's summarize. John Paul II, of course, wrote it. He says, I'm looking for the deepest roots when we, of the struggle between the culture of life and the culture of death. The heart of that tragedy, tragedy, I should say, is the eclipse of the sense of God and man. And that's kind of what we're at, right? And, and things kind of fall apart from there. You see secularism, all those kind of things. So talk about why did you start with that quote and give us a little idea of the roots, and then we'll get to how we move forward. Absolutely. No, thank you, Tim. It's, it's a beautiful you know, uh, reflection of John Paul. 
because when we lose the sense of, of God, when we lose uh, the fact that we, we are creatures created in love, made for love, you know, destined for eternal life, love with God, and when we lose sight that, you know, we are called to be stewards of, of, of God's gifts, and the most precious of those gifts is the gift of human life. So when we lose sight of God, then we lose sight of each other. And it's interesting, you know, when we consider, you know, the command of which our Lord speaks, the two great commandments upon which the entire law is based. The first is to love God, you know, with all of our heart, mind, and strength. We hear this in Deuteronomy 6. And and he tells us, you know, moving toward from Leviticus 19 about how love of neighbor. And, you know, but when we lose sight of loving God with all of our being and in respecting God's commands, as Jesus says, if we love him, we keep the commands. When we, when we reject God and reject what he has created and the order in which he has created it, then we, we lose sight of each other, Tim. And, and this is what's brought us to this moment. As you said, you know, when we went, before we went to the break, I mean, think, we are, in this country, the pro, pro-abortion advocacy says that certain life is unworthy of living. And so they determined that the unborn are not worthy of the dignity of life. And so, and so we see this now with our elderly, our handicapped, and so forth. And so, you know, the arbitrariness of this. But if we adhere to the great command, do not kill, and we adhere to the great teaching of our Lord that we have been made in the dignity and likeness of God, and that we are, in the words of Paul, destined for greatness, when we live in accord with what, what God has established, and we give God what belongs to God, and we honor what God has commanded, then we in turn will reflect that toward each other. And, you know, and then respecting your dignity, Tim, and you respecting mine, and, and doing everything I can and you can with our ability to help each other flourish as God would have us flourish. And our concern for neighbor, you, you mentioned the program before, Walking with Moms, and I just want to toss out this is an excellent program and it's a wonderful way to be reminded of our care for our, our, our sisters in need and their families that are in need. And, and these are what we need right now more than anything. We need to step up our, 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 our duty and our responsibility toward our neighbor with our pregnancy care centers, with our programs to help families that are in need. We need to show through our public witness not only that we say that we are for life, but we need to show that we are for life. We need to advance the culture of life, and we do that by our actions, by what we do. And we, we need to break the rhetoric of the, of the left and the progressive mindset of abortion that says that, you know, we're, we're, you know what are you going to do to help? Well, the Church and many, many people have been there to help for decades. So we have nothing to be ashamed of. We've done a tremendous amount of work, but we, we need to step it up more. And I'm going to challenge, I mean, I would say, you know, uh, I can't speak for, you know, for all the dioceses of the Catholic Diocese of the United States, but I would really put out there, and I'm going to use Texas as an example, Texas and its heartbeat law, and many of our audience may or may not know this, but part of it was that they also allocated $100 million to help in, with, with pregnancy care and with a re- uh, outreach to women and families in need. You know, I know other states have uh, also allocated certain funds, but nothing like Texas. This is what we need to do, not only in businesses and Catholic businesses and Christian businesses and all others that promote life, but, you know, our, even our, our, our dioceses need to, to step into this a lot more strongly and making sure that funds are available, you know, to, to put toward pregnancy care centers and, and programs to help women. And, you know, many have this, but we, we need to really intensify it. Because I can tell you, I met with a pregnancy care center just yesterday and talking about the need 
for baby formula, for diapers, for clothing. They, they have seen, because of the overturning of Roe and Casey, Tim, an increase in clients. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be there. We need to be there so that we, we are, have everything we need to help our brothers and sisters in need. And we don't want to be, we don't want to say, well, I'm sorry, I'm out. I can't help you today. And I will tell you from the international perspective in the pro-life movement, many of our pregnancy care centers internationally, it's because when they say, you know, when we respond to them, well, what can we, what do you need? And most of the time, what they need is help. And when you give that help to them, then they accept and welcome their child and they bring that child into life. And we need to be there, Tim. That, so I want to I want to put a plug in, you know, for that program, and I want to see it grow, and I want to see it really, you know, magnify uh, our work. So, so when we lose the sight of God, then we lose sight of our neighbor. But when we keep the perspective that God has given to us, then we will also keep each other in our heart and mind as well. So it's a beautiful teaching of John Paul. Absolutely. Talking with Father Shannon Mulcahy, Human Life International. And yeah, thank you for that. I, I totally agree this. Walking with Moms in Need, I'm so excited how it's taken off in our diocese, you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit. But you can just see the energy building. I mean, when, when we presented at one of our deaneries, the, the, you can just see the energy in the room because there were uh, pro-life missionaries and, from each church and, and priests and who had picked them. It's like, wow, the, the idea is going now. People are taking it and running with it. So it's so good to see. And that yes. brings me to Another important point that you talk about, social structures. You mentioned, and so true, in years gone by, decades gone by, you know, that the churches, the schools, the government supported life, supported marriage, supported all these things with tax code, with divorce law, with, you know, just the example of good, healthy marriages and raising children. Talk a little bit about how Roe kind of broke that down and how we need to build that those great social structures back up. Yeah, I mean, we know the church is teaching in the sense that, you know, that, as John Paul would say, you know, in Australia, it's where this quote early kind of got started, you know, that, that society passes through the family. Mm-hmm. So we understand that the, the cell, that single cell, that foundational cell upon which our healthy society flourishes is upon healthy families and upon, you know, the, 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 the sacredness of marriage, the sanctity of the family. And we need to really, you know, advance this conversation more that society has a lot to gain and a lot to lose. And we already see what, what, what happens when society, and by society, what I mean there is every level of it. And so our, from government, both federal to state to, to regional, when we lose sight of the family, and then we, instead of advancing and protecting the family, and we start promoting policies and laws that actually assault the family, undermine the family, and diminish the role of the family, and then try to redefine the family and redefine marriage, we get what we see in our culture right now. And so we have to return to what is a fundamental truth, that, that God established this wonderful natural institution of marriage and the, and the family. And upon this natural institution, that if, if we as a society support it, love it, embrace it, advance it, encourage it, protect it, then we as a culture are, are, will also advance, and we will, we, will, we will promote happiness and joy and peace and authentic goods. And that's what, I'm, what we're after here. So, you know, what Roe did is it, it stripped it. It, it, it exposed the, the whole the false, what I call the, the human experiment of the sexual revolution, experimenting, you know, and, and, and redefining and recreating it, falsified 
the good of marriage. It falsified the sacramental life of marriage, and it falsified the conjugal act and the welcoming of human life. All of this, you know, we we now need to reclaim the conversation and, and and to... promote that language and promote that teaching, you know, not only from our pulpits, you know, but in every manner. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really proud of those institutions on, on the government level and on the civil level, meaning businesses that are fighting back against the, the pro-death agenda and saying, you know, you're, you're, you're all those groups that are want to uh, you know, give money so that women, their their employees can have an abortion, and they'll, they'll spend money to travel from state to state, you know, and then you see other groups stepping forward that we're going to support families. We're going to help women, you know, who want to, to welcome their child. We're here to help you. That's what we need more of, because that will silence the other side, and that's what we need. And so I, th- I think for our audience, we need to, for all of us, is to be reintroduced to the principles of, of subsidiarity and solidarity, you know, and that at every level of our of our of society needs to be engaged in this conversation, Tim. And in solidarity means that we are in solidarity, that, that no one should be sitting on the sidelines, no one should say someone else should be doing it. This is a work of all of us, and especially for all of us who are disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. We, we have a, a duty you know, to, to recognize the need of a, a brother and sister. And that means we all have to be engaged. So to our business leaders that are listening, you know, to our, uh, to our individuals that are listening, to everyone, this is our duty, our responsibility. And we, we cannot be pointing a finger with someone else. No, it's us. We have to do this. So I think that that's what I mean back to what I began with, Tim. We're at a pivotal moment as a country. What and Mother Teresa said this, and I'm paraphrasing Mother Teresa, you know, in a way that you know, a nation that destroys its own children is a nation that's de- destined for destruction. It, it can't survive. So let's flip it. A nation that protects life, loves life, serves life, defends it in every manner, is a nation destined for greatness. There's much we can be doing. So true, and so well put, Father, absolutely. And one more Mother Teresa quote, I actually have it at the bottom of my emails. It says, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Getting back to the idea of subsidiary, solidarity, and the family as being that cell. Go home, build strong families, excuse me, and build from there. Father Shannon Bouquet, always a pleasure. Our time always goes so fast, but thank you so much for sharing your time with us, and look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you, Tim. Hope it, hope it soon. All Take right. care now. God bless. That sounds good. That's Father Shannon Bouquet, Human Life International. Coming up next, when's the last time you went golfing? Dust off those clubs because we have a fun way the Diocese of Fargo is putting forth to use those clubs for good. We'll be back right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 